once more unto the breach, dear friends. The word impossible is only in the dictionary of fools. If my descendants wish to be as strong as I was, they must study patience. The Ultra Working Podcast. All great events hang by your hair. The man of ability takes advantage of everything and neglects nothing that can give him a chance of success. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is oft interred with their bones. So let it be with Caesar. I'm Sebastian Marshall. I'm one of the co-founders at Ultra Working. That is one of the funniest scenes in theater of all time, alongside being really dramatic. It managed to be really dramatic and really funny. You can read it on a couple of different levels. You know, Mark Anthony, Julius Caesar's best friend, the dictator, sometimes called first emperor of Rome, he got assassinated and uh, Mark Anthony was his right-hand man. He goes to his funeral and says, hey, everybody, listen up. I know we all hate Caesar and Shakespeare had had all of these people going, yeah, that Caesar was a tyrant. He was a bad guy. We're so great to be rid of him. And then, you know, Mark Anthony's like, hey, just listen up, listen up. Hey, I'm, I'm here to bury Caesar, not to praise him, right? Let's remember all the bad things he did and none of the good. Let's just put him in the ground. And then he goes on to praise Caesar for like 10 minutes. It's really funny, actually, if you go through it carefully, right? And then he goes on and on. And, you know, Brutus says he was ambitious. And Brutus is an honorable man. And Brutus is blah, 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 blah. And then the citizens are like, wait, maybe Brutus isn't honorable. And Caesar's a good guy. I mean, it's like really funny. It's everything from like how to, you know, how mobs change their opinions. But it's really dramatic. And the language is beautiful. And, you know, it's a... Uh, it's mostly, I believe, an iambic pentameter. And, you know, so you have these these kind of strange uh, inversions of the English language, but they're really quite catchy and beautiful. And um, he really was dialed in on the history. You know, it's it's incredible. He didn't have Wikipedia or, you know, the, the libraries that we have today and all the biographies to work with. But he, he got the history pretty, pretty darn good. So it's, it's incredible, right? Why are we talking about this? For two reasons. The first one is the hard point. The second one is the meta point. And... You know, on a hard point note, have you ever gone through Shakespeare and said, why is this good? No, I'm serious. Like, like it doesn't have to be Shakespeare. It could be anything. But have you ever gone through Shakespeare and said, why is this good? Or like, if you like Star Wars, you know, the first one, A New Hope. Have you ever like looked at it and said, why is this good? Why do we like Han Solo? Why do we like Obi-Wan Kenobi? Right? Have you ever gone through anything that you liked a lot and said, why is this good? And tried to figure it out. Have you? And this is on my mind because I've been doing a lot of this lately, which will get into the meta point. Uh, just to underline that, you could totally do this and I encourage you to do this. At some point, pick something you like and just say, why is this good? And, you know, friends, Romans, countrymen, you know, like, why is that good? Because it's like really, like, it's very interesting on like seven, eight levels. The language is beautiful. The history is perfect. But it's, it's unclear whether it's comedy or drama first. So you're like, man, should I be like, having an epic feeling about this or should I be laughing? It's legit funny if you pay attention. It's like funny. Hey, I'm here to bury Caesar, not to praise him. That Brutus, that honorable man, he says that Caesar's a bad guy. I totally agree. You know, like when Caesar was helping people and all this stuff. Well, Brutus says he was ambitious and Brutus is a guy. And you know, that other time that like we offered to make him the king and he said, no, that was because he was ambitious, I guess. Uh, Brutus is an honorable guy. You know, it's, it's like quite funny. 
but it's also dramatic, right? And then you see the crowd just be totally fickle. So that's a commentary on the fickleness of, of emotion and kind of a meta commentary on oratory, right? Shakespeare knows that, you know, really uh, inflamed, uh, really emotional oratory can move people tremendously. But Shakespeare was also doing that while he's producing. Fascinating stuff. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, why is that good? It's kind of interesting, you know, we don't necessarily, we won't necessarily get anywhere near Shakespeare in quality by saying, why is this good? Let me take a crack at making something that good. But if we don't ever do that about anything, the odds of making something that's really great is like, hmm, well, it's lower than if you paid attention, right? So why do we talk about this? I, I thought it'd be useful to flip on a show early and kind of capture a bit of a, a, a present state of mind that will, that will be fleeting, I'm in the current state of mind and understanding that it is known to fade. And this is something that I get to experience maybe every, I don't know, couple of years, um, which is when I'm creating something really brand new, that's going to be an ongoing thing, right? Because if you're, if you're gonna do something brand new for like this weekend and then it's over, right? You don't have to get in a frame of mind about it and you have a deadline, right? So once it's done, it's over, right? You know, trying to throw a really cool party and it's happening on short notice, there's not too much thinking involved in that. I mean, there might be a lot of thinking, but it's not like, oh man, if this is going to go potentially for years, if this is going to be an institution, then how do we ensure it's good and get all the variables dialed in? And that's kind of what's going on with the creative process here on the podcast. But I've been through creative processes like this multiple times. Obviously, a lot of people uh, back in the day read the strategic review and, and some of the books that I wrote and you know, that was, that was 6,000 words roughly um, a week, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's about 6,000 words a week for, for years in a row. And, uh, you know, so you really want to think before you commit that level of effort to something creative. And, you know, nowadays as an executive, it, you know, there's a lot of time on management, on recruiting, on training, on paying attention to everything. My like uh, roll up my sleeves and do stuff ratio is still relatively high. We're a small team, but it's less than it used to be. Um, and certainly going hands-on deep on a creative thing. This is, this is the first time I've been able to do this since um, we really started kind of growing a lot at Ultraworking. So it's cool and it's fun and it's exciting to be able to do this. And I, I just kind of want to walk you through kind of how the process goes. Sometimes, you know, you get all these guidelines and people like, you know, reflecting 20, 30 years into their career. They've had a lot of success uh, on, oh yeah, here's what I did to, you know, become a top writer in 1973. And it's like, it's, it's good. There's guidance there. It's distilled, but sometimes hearing it from somebody in real time can be useful even before they fully get it figured out. So I might do an update on this and I just kind of, kind of walk you through how it went. So the first thing was we decided the decision tree on that was long. It was well thought out. It was not impulsive. This was like a well-planned and decided we're going to start on this in like six weeks sort of thing, um, on the podcast. So we decided to start a podcast and right away, I'm asking myself some questions. So before I decided that I want to make this one of the best podcasts on the internet, which we're not there yet, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I said, I want to make this one of the very best. I checked this out. Okay, is this something to go like light on? Is this something to kind of, you know, just just get it out there, do something that's all right, the quality standards are adequate, or is this something we're going to maximize? Are we going to try to take this to the top and be the best of the best of the best? Or are we going to be like, yeah, it's all right, it's cool. Those guys are fun. They got a good take, Right. And there's all sorts of peripheral questions. Like, are we doing one episode a week? Are we doing two episodes a week? Are we doing episodes whenever we want to and just releasing them on our own schedule? Um, are we going to go for more frequently than that, right? And if we're going to do, say, a daily, is it going to be like kind of talk radio where it's very ephemeral? Or are we going to try to make shows special? All kinds of interesting kind of configurations. Hadn't fully decided on all of those, but eventually I said, okay, we want to do something special. We want to aim to be 
one of the best shows. And then right away, I'm like, okay, we got to get worried then because it's generally speaking, I mean, there's two different things, right? So it really depends on where you're at in your life and your career. If you're young, if you're somewhere between like, I don't know, 16 and even 26 and you haven't done much stuff yet, uh, I would not plan to make things great. I just get reps, just go fast, just get stuff out the door, right? Um, for sure. But if you're a little older and you built some stuff up and you got some success and maybe you got your career going and, you know, maybe you start a business and it's doing, it's doing all right and it's, it's producing some cash flow and you got a couple of team members working for you and it's, you know, it's producing even six figures of profit in a, you know, an SME situation or, you know, you had a successful thing you invented in the past or you're, you're dialed in on your career, whatever, you know, in those situations where you're established and you can, you can produce things and you can have success on projects, I think it's dangerous to not pay attention to the DNA of a project early, kind of the, the, the founding feeling. If you go kind of like, yeah, let's just make this kind of like a screw off thing, you can march up the professionalism and the quality and invest more and more in it over time. But in practice, it doesn't, doesn't really tremendously happen for people that are more established. I think for young people, that's not the major risk. The risk is they don't even get going. They should just ship. Right. And also I feel like when this isn't a hundred percent true, it's just like a loose thing, but I feel like some of this, like, you know, if somebody starts a, a podcast on gaming, you know, video games, they play video games or something, you know, when they're 17, when they're 19 or 20, they can make this, you know, my commentary on the media or something on all media, not just games, but movies and radio and whatever. And then they just make it like a, the tech culture society podcast. And they could totally reshape the podcast while keeping the same name and show format at from age 17 at age 20 and at age 24. Whereas if you do something at 35 and you make it like the technological lawyer, you're unlikely to radically change show formats at age 37. Um, whatever you've been doing the last two years, that's kind of going to be the scope and the span. doesn't have to be that way. That's not like physics or anything, but that's just what I observe. Right. So, you know, being 34 this year and kind of like a old 34, I've done a lot of stuff. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. As soon as we put this on rails, we'll get some incremental improvement and occasional kind of logarithmic large jumps improvements. But, you know, if we put this on rails as like a, let's just chill out and, and, and kind of, kind of BS in the living room a little bit feeling only, right. Then we're not going to walk it back from that. And if we just start with an interview podcast where we interview very talented people, I think I'm a good interviewer. I think there's at least two or three other people on the team that are really good interviewers. Actually, a lot of people on the team are good, but because our team is very international, a lot of people have accents, which are like, that's okay if you have like a, like a, you know, it's okay to have an accent if people can understand you, right? But in a pure audio format, a couple people have like fine accents to understand one-on-one, but to get on the show, we'll have to like, well, do some accent training or something. Like there's a couple people around that actually do that. So people, if they can get there the radio voice dialed in or, or whatever you would call it, at least understandably so, right? we got some people from all over the place. We're very international. Some people here speak English as their, their third or fourth language, and they're super killers. I really like working with our team. But yeah, I think there's a number of people on our team that are good interviewers. I think I'm a pretty good interviewer. I think interview podcasts can only be so good. And some of them are great. Um, Joe Rogan, obviously super famous. Um, David Perel, who I've gotten a chance, uh, to, to connect with a little bit recently. He's, he's lovely. He's, he's, uh, he's got a special touch. I think David Perel is going to go on to be a really special guy. I'm calling it, by the way. I think 20 years from now, David Perel is one of the top 50 to 100 people in media. I'm calling it. This is a prediction. I'm, let's see if I put numbers on it. 70 plus percent sure. Maybe 60. But like the, the base rate would be zero, right? So 60 is huge, 
right? So I'm 60% sure that David Perel is one of the top 100 people in media in 20 years as recognized by a bunch of authorities. Okay, I'm calling it. Maybe sooner. Might be wrong, but he's, he's a special guy. So he's, he's on the up and up. And, and check his show out, North Star Podcast. It's great. He's, he's, he's a really sharp guy. He's, he's even kind of more special than it, you would realize when you kind of get to start to understand how his mind works. He's got some special things going on. Um, obviously, Tim Ferriss is really famous. I've spent less time listening to Tim's show than other people. Um, I don't know why. Just, I just didn't. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of interview shows. And then there's like a variety of, you know, interview people in specific field shows or whatever. So interview shows are good, but they can only hit a certain upper bound limit. They can't hit the thing that when I wanted to start the podcast, I said it's the only good podcast, Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. I'm like, that's the only good podcast. That's not true, by the way. But I'm like, I'm like, everything sucks except for hardcore history and some interview shows are good, right? That's totally unfair. I haven't listened to everything, obviously, right? Um, so I said, okay, we want to be able to have the capacity and the capability to do different things. If we just do like a guy's BSing in the living room type show, it'll be very hard to get out of that. If we just do an interview show only, it'll be very hard to get out of that. Not impossible, but hard. Um, so we want to set the quality bar high. Furthermore, we're still learning the technology uh, some audio files that we did early got eaten. I knew that would happen. These things happen as part of the creative process. I didn't want to be working with other people and inconvenience them or demoralize them when we do a great show and then the audio files get eaten. I had at least one great show get wrecked and I had a couple near misses with things crashing and I had sometimes when the audio was really bad and you know, the evolution rapidly in software, hardware setup and stuff that we're doing over here is, is significant. Um, that's the less, that's the less interesting side of it. But I know I wanted, I knew I wanted to pioneer and do the shows that we'd have to throw away myself or that would get lost technologically. So I said, okay, we want to do something special. So right away, I'm just like, okay, let me take some cracks at this. Let me out some of them, some stuff, get on the mic, see how it goes. They weren't good enough. I'm like, okay. Like they were just not good. Like it just wasn't working. I'm like, these, these aren't good. They're not, not only are they not good, they don't even have the, they, they couldn't even be good. So that was bad. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, zoom out. Um, let me make some first attempts to clarify guidelines. What am I trying to do? Who is the show for? What should they get out of it? And I spent a lot, not a lot of time. I spent a fair amount of time clarifying, going back and forth on this, right? So like one, one that we identified is like, okay, are we taking the, this is an authority thing, like you should listen because we know what we're talking about. Or is this like a, hey, like, hey, here's how it is kind of informal. Like we're kind of hanging out, right? We're inquisitive together. We're exploring things together. Obviously, we went in the latter direction. Sometimes we slip a little bit into the earlier direction, but we so don't want to be CNN. Stock market today rose on high earnings of like, you don't know why the stock market rose. If you know why the stock market is rising or not rising, go make money in finance like you liars, right? You know, um, you know, but they say it so confidently or like despite lower oil prices, stocks surged today, perhaps on the strength of the, like, you don't even know, just like say, we don't know why stocks went up today. That's really the truth, right? Um, and, and the funny thing is, if they had computers, they might even be able to figure out who's buying and selling because it's the bid ask spread that determines what it's like some people sold and some people bought and the auction price settled here. We don't know why because we don't know their motivations, but we're going to tell a story around it and pretend that we know what we're talking about. Like, we so don't want to be anything like that. And even when we kind of know what we're talking about, we want to be like, yeah, we kind of know what we're talking about here. But think, you know, let's be smart, intelligent people. So some stuff was easy. I knew we wanted to be more on that side of the axis than on the CNN side of the axis. No disrespect to them or anything. That's the business they're in, but we just don't want to be anywhere near there. And okay, then what, right? What are we going for? Are we going for inspiring and epic? Are we going for technical? How technical do we want to be? Do we want to explain, you know, 
concepts? Should we just explain the word throughput if we use it? Should we explain what a normal distribution is? Should we explain what a binomial distribution is? Or should we be like, just like, hey, look it up if you don't know, you know, from industrial engineering and production statistics, respectively. So that was something to play around with and a look at. And one show we found that we really liked, this one's also a good show. So there's at least two good shows on the internet that, that aren't pure interview shows. And the Peter Atia Drive, he's a doctor who does not stop and tell you what ATP is. It's great. It's like, if you don't know, look it up, right? Like, it's great. Like, I don't always understand what they're talking about, but I get the gist of it and it's great. Um, so he like keeps a real high level. So there's that. Okay. So I took some attempts to clarify guidelines. I still didn't have like a definitive answer. Like what will we put on the air or not? Didn't know. That's hard, right? So a lot of times when you are having a hard time with something creative, it's cause like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what it's trying to do. And when you don't know what it's trying to do, it's hard to do something, right? Again, if you're young, you don't have a lot of experience. I would say just crank, just produce things. You'll get better faster. You'll get reps. But if you got some established good things going on, right, then it might be worth, you know, building a bit of a, a, a base understanding, of, like a foundation before you get into it to, to, to keep the quality standard high or at least approaching high over time, right? So, okay, at this point, I'm like, I, I don't know what we want. I know I want it to be really good, but I don't know what we want. And so then I did heavy research. So I went through and I started listening to everything, including um, all kinds of shows that um, people in my social circle don't listen to. Like, so the podcast Serial, it was like a big thing. It was about a murder and uh, it was like a journalist thing. And it's about a murder. And they had like, they got hats off to them on the production quality, the research. They'd go get like police interrogation tapes. And they must have listened to like crazy amounts of hours of these to get their best 30 second clips of them. Kind of incredible the amount of work they put into that. And like nobody in my social circle or almost nobody had listened to it. Cause I brought it up to people, like, hey, have you listened to Serial? And I'm like, no, right? It's kind of like, you know, I don't know, but I guess the people that aren't in my social circle was huge among, right? Like everyone in my social circle listens to hardcore history. Beyond that, there's a bit of a divergence about what people listen to. And nobody listens to stuff like Serial or, or NPR or the Wall Street Journal. We just kind of like anything, anything that's like, um, mainstream and official, we don't really engage very much with. Not because it's mainstream or official, but just because that means it's probably targeting a median whatever level of engagement, which means probably it's a little less nuanced, a little less technical, a little less actionable, a little less, I'm not going to say it's a little less truthful, but maybe. So NPR is good from time to time. So, all right, I'm listening to all these shows. Take some more cracks at it. A little bit better, but still not good. So then I'm starting like, okay, well, hold on a second. Who exactly is this for? What exactly is this for? Right. And like, and how are people going to be consuming this medium now and in the future? So I went and I downloaded a bunch of reports and stats on the trends in podcasting, who listens to them, when do they listen to them, where do they listen to them? I'm just trying to get my mind around you, actually. I'm trying to figure out who you are and what you're doing right now while you're listening to this. Like it's kind of a, I, I know it's kind of, that's kind of surreal, right? Um, but like, are you in the gym? Are you in the car? Are you walking? Are you concentrating? Are you not concentrating? Are you zoned in? Are you zoned out? Are you like, okay, this is fun. Or are you like, oh, let me take some notes. Let me think about this, right? So getting my mind around that, you know, um, is something that I tried to do. I would go hang out at restaurants, usually with somebody on the team. It's kind of like a standing invite. There's kind of a standing invite. If anybody wants to one-on-one -on -one with me, uh, over like a, like a real cheap, but decent quality, but like real informal dinner place. Like if anybody like after hours, like wants to go over something longer, I work 12 hours a day. So if anybody wants to, it's kind of like a, like grab me if you want to do something at, at, at five, six, um, from the office on any given weekday. And, and at one time, I think it was Xavier and I, 
they might have done this with a couple of different people, but I think it was Xavier and I would just, we just posted up at like a little local restaurant. It's kind of like, eh, it's like eh, quality. It's like an Applebee's quality restaurant. There's like one good thing on its menu. We both ordered it. And then we were just like going through, we're downloading like every app that people listen to podcasts on and checking them. And like, wow, Spotify's UI for podcasts is terrible. Like you search it then you hit the back button. It like dumps you out of the podcast menu back in the music menu. So you like go five clicks in and you hit the back button. Like, okay, that sucks. Somebody clearly bolted that on. Didn't think about it. Clearly none of Spotify's engineers actually listen to podcasts on Spotify because it's like an egregiously bad thing. But yeah, they have like 4% of all podcasts. Wild, wild stuff. Um, so messing around with Overcast and Apple, I believe he has an Android phone. So he was checking around on Android. He does have an Android phone. So it was, it, and it was Xavier. So he was checking around on there. So we're trying to get our mind around this. How are people listening to this? Are they going to listen to every episode? Are they going to pick and choose their favorite ones? Okay. After all of this, then I was much more ready to start recording shows though. It was still like, it would take me nine hours to get some of the first shows. And I don't even think they're all that great. And I don't think where we're at show wise is great great yet we're trying but the medium is 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 different um and and trying to make something that's excellent in this medium is different so to be a little meta here right i'm like how do we open this podcast with something wild and give people a strong idea right away like how do you make this interesting in the first like minute or two and give people a cool idea and i'm like you know let's talk about something cool let's talk about like shakespeare is really good at what he did let's figure out why Right. And then I look at the Friends Roman Countryman's thing and I'm like, how much of that should I read out? It's a super cool speech and it's really funny. Like how much? Right. So on some of the earlier episodes that you might have listened to, it's like I feel like some of the quotes are just slightly long. In writing, that's okay because people will skim, right? Or you can bold one sentence if you want them to skim. Right. There's ways to encourage people to skim and there's ways to do subsections and breaks. There's like techniques in writing that I don't, that I presume exist in podcasting, but I don't know where you can, you know, just kind of be like, Hey reader, like you don't need to read all of this. I'm going to italicize it, but I'll bold the two lines. That's the key point. But there's italics around it. If you want to make sure it's not out of context or whatever, keep reading at your leisure. Um, read it closely. If you're into that, read it quickly. If you're in a hurry, all good. Um, so with podcasting, it's like, all right, how much do we repeat a concept that we mentioned once that's that's a foundational concept. So if we're, you know, making some point that, you know, industrialization hadn't happened yet in X year, how many times do we say the sentence industrialization hadn't happened? Because like, if you're paying attention, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like you've said that eight times. But if you're like, turn it on and off, you're listening for 20 minutes when you do your workout in the gym, you're having a super fast workout, then you turn it off, then you're listening like two days later. You know, if you're missing the context, it's like, where, where are we? But then, oh, industrialization didn't happen. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's kind of like understanding how people listen, right? And, and connecting with them. So put in a ton of work. And that's never a bad idea when you want to make things good. Just, just stay in motion. And the hard part is when you're doing research, when you're doing research, it's like, am I screwing around and I should just get back into it and do more bad takes? Or is this valid? That, that's a question I still don't know how to answer. And I'm just always monitoring myself on. Right? We did some more takes. And some of the shows, like I think the encounter rate, win-loss rate show, I think that is a A to A-plus concept, right? I think that's an A to A-plus concept. I think the concept of encounter rates and the different types of encounters and the win-loss rate and the fact that there's some situations you have advantage in and some you don't, you have to seek them out and you got to have well above 99% to succeed. And then the grand, and here's how it relates to all your habits. And if you're trying to quit something, if you're trying to do something, I just think that's a great concept. I think it's a super powerful mental model. I think it's great. I think it's fun. I think the execution of that show is like a C minus. We'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Cause we got an ace 
ace editor. And uh, she's not editing all of our shows right now. She's part-time, so we're kind of divvying them up. But the ones that could swing more, we'll give to her. So that might even, she might be able to cut that. But when I re-listened to that, and I listened to a couple people, like Xavier's like, this is going long. Kai's like, yeah, this is all right, but it's, it's kind of, you, you, we're not getting there fast enough, right? Like, I think the first minute opening of that show would have been a really, I think there's 20 excellent seconds in there. And like, it took 50 seconds to get them. The other 30 is like, okay. So just like snappier and like, like skipping some points potentially, right? So, you know, if, if you, if you have an A plus concept or maybe an A concept, let's say that's an A on an A to F scale and like a C minus execution, you have a show, it's like a B minus a B that's okay, but it's not world-class. Um, not bad for our initial runs of them. All right. Meanwhile, throughout this whole process, a couple of other things are going on in the background. So at first things are eaten files and they're crashing and whatever. I have a new MacBook Pro. Um, I've, I've been pretty loyal to Apple for quite a while now. I don't like the new MacBook Pro. It overheats. Um, that might have been just an error with my model, but certainly when I'm running a bunch of software, it overheats. So I pulled my old, my old MacBook Pro out, and that doesn't overheat. So I started recording on there. Okay, now I know. It's also kind of useful to have two computers out when you're recording. Easier to speak into the mic, um, then kind of glance to the left for recording, glance to the right, notes. So that's kind of useful. Um, switch from Audacity to GarageBand. Eventually, we'll probably switch to something even more hardcore. So, okay, now the audio files aren't being eaten. So after that, I record the first two episodes I did with Kai. At least one of those is going to come out because it's great. And it's probably already out. And it's like, okay, we did one totally unscripted, and that was good. But it was like, okay, it's like, well, there's like two good unrelated shows in here. And then there's some stuff that's like, eh. You know, so like, uh, that's going to be a lot of work to edit and to get out. And it's not going to be totally like dialed in coherent, but the, the best concepts in there, the, the things about getting your mind around programming and, um, you know, the abstractions, are we going to do it custom or not at all custom? Like there's some gems in there. Um, the estimation show is more scripted. I scripted a little bit before we went on. I think that one was pretty good. So, okay. Now we're getting other people involved a little bit. There's some other formats that I want to do. How much do we quote? How much do we reference math? How much do we quote from books? Did that show on, on obscure books? I thought that one was pretty good, but it was some of the quotes were too long right? This, just this medium has its own things. So, so that's kind of like part of the process is, is like figuring those things out and dialing in on the quality standard and kind of trying out different, different takes and different ways of doing things. But there's been kind of maybe three or four parallel tracks in this process, right? So there's the like, okay, I'm going to try to record shows and have them be good and then have other people record shows and whether that's jointly and then have other people on the team that are really good do shows. So there's that. And then there's like, okay, what are the style guidelines, and the development of that as, you know, like what's on scope and not on scope. And tentatively, the style guidelines for now, we'll refine them over time, is that every show should be at least peripherally related to peak performance. Could be more creativity or more athletics or more thinking or decision making, you know, but like you should be able to perform better. And every show should have something unique and special, something you can't get anywhere else, right? Like we're just not going to do a boring show on morning routines. It's like the 370th show on morning routines or GTD or whatever. Like, we're just not going to do that. Like, if we're going to do something like that, we're going to make it unique and interesting. We're going to find some research, some relating it to an unrelated field, some Julius Caesar. I, I, I don't know. We're going to do something. And the second thing is we're going to try to make every show potentially life-changing for at least one audience subsegment, maybe a small one, right? So at some point, we'll probably get Lee, Lee on here, who's uh, on the product team here at Ultra Working, and he... uh he was a teacher before and, and a pretty good teacher. So we might, we might do a show with him on he, like his 
the, the, the students that he instructed really loved him. and He did a really good job. So we might do a show with him and that might be cool for everybody. Improve your communication skills a little bit. Think about how you take pride in your work, your craftsmanship, making sure you help people. And then it might be like life changing for certain young teachers. There's a couple of mental models that he has that's super useful. So that's cool. So if that's like cool and useful and fun and unique for 98% of listeners and potentially life-changing for 2% on that show, that's great. Cause I feel like if, you know, every episode, maybe like if 60% of our episodes really just resonate with you and then another 35% are like, wow, that was like solidly good. Right. Or like even the 35% differently, let's say 60% are like you dig them 30% to 35% are maybe not your jam. It's all right. You know, it's better than nothing, but you know, it's, eh. and then like 5% are like, wow, that's a game changer. So every 20 shows you listen to are like paradigm shifting game changer. You do way better. Like that's, that's okay. I think we could do that. Maybe even more than that. Right. So it's like clarification, the guidelines, there's the hardware, software stuff. And then there was also the the personnel side of things. So I went out right away to just kind of start recruiting some people that are really good to help on a project basis or a part-time basis with editing, with recording our intro, which I think is, is pretty epic. Though I think it's like a B plus, A minus. That's my fault. I was I was sourcing the uh, the history um, around it. And we were recruiting some people. We didn't use voice actors. We actually got some incredible people to, to go do the quotes. So, so we got to uh, double check with them to see if they want all the credit, but we got a gentleman who's French, English, and Japanese respectively um, to do the quotes, actually a Shakespeare quote, and then uh, Napoleon Bonaparte and Tokugawa Yasu. So we did that. But yeah, so we got, we got Jesse on the composition. He was great. And, and, and Christine on editing and she's great. So we put the, some team side of things together. If you're solo, you don't have a team, good luck. But it helps if you, you know, if you're a little further along in your resource, you can do that. Um, and then figuring out the production process of like, okay, I'm recording this. Then where do we put it? Uh, Google Drive, Dropbox, where are we editing it? What formats? Stuff like that. How do we upload it? Software. So there's like five or six parallel tracks. And the big thing is that it's it's been really iterative. And all of these pieces are just kind of like, okay, we're trying to do something special. Now what? And that's kind of what I wanted to relate to you. And I know it's a little bit like, I don't know how much to give hard takeaways, sufficiently like paying attention, not scattered people. And if you're just like chilling out and have this on the background, you like, like my voice or something like, great, thank you. And if you're scattered, like, well, whatever, I've been through scattered periods of my life too. But like, if you're like kind of even halfway paying attention, you could pull out takeaways, but people really like actionable summaries. So like, how much do we do that? Certainly makes it more accessible, but it's kind of like, uh, I'd rather just read a book you know, about how General Zhukov turned the Nazis back and like, oh, okay, they promoted this guy, they transferred that guy off, they like waited them out here, they counterattacked there. Uh, okay, what are the mental models from that? How do I apply that? But most people don't like that. They like, uh, like oh, one, like start your day with a push up, do one push up, two, make your bed. It's like, okay, it's kind of the mainstream take versus the like thinker takes. So how much do we do that? And to the extent we have takeaways, to the extent we have takeaways, there's a couple. I mean, I'd say the genesis of all of this and the, the struggle with it is once I said, we want to be world class, we want to be one of the best, right? Like, I want people to say, like, in my social circle, everyone's like, everyone listens to hardcore history. It's great, right? And I want it to be like, I listen to hardcore history and ultra working. I want everyone to do that. And I will never probably be as popular as Malcolm Gladwell by choice, right? We're not, we're not going for mass audience. And that's, that's intentional, right? But we want to be like creme de la creme for thinking people. I think it's going to take us like a year to get there because you listen to something like This American Life or Serial um, and the production quality is just so out of this world and the research and the prep is so out of this world. I think we need some full-time 
um, staff on production who I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. I've got you know, our, our part-time editor who will get credit if and when she wants it. You're amazing, by the way, if you're listening and editing this. I'd love for her to come on full-time as a producer here. She's incredible. She's awesome. By the way, it's great to work here. Like It's way better than your current gig. So, you know, come hang out. It's good. we got a full-time role. We can make special things. But, uh, yeah, seriously, though. Um, no, but I mean, seriously, you should, you should join here. But seriously, for everyone else, um, once you decide you want something to be special, that gets hard and it commits you to a lot of work. And... I see a year from now with more experience, more understanding with the medium and so on, what that looks like. I actually am very confident that a year from now will be exceptional all the time. Conceptually exceptional, always, because we don't know what concepts really resonate with you, you know? Like people might really not like the math shows or they might love them. They might not like the biochem or the book stuff or they might love it. Um, So that's something that's just an unknown to some extent in how we cover it. But then getting that production quality up, which isn't just the technical side of things. It's like, how deep do we go on a given topic? How long are quotes? How long are pauses? What is the right mix of one-off episodes or series? Is it better to go deep on a one topic for 10 shows in a row? Or is it better to have like a mix of it, right? So is it better to go like biochem, 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 biochem? And if you don't like that, you just skip all of them. But if you do like that, you get an orientation around it, followed by like, decision-making, 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 or is it better to go like biochem, decision-making, creativity, athletics, decision-making, creativity, biochem, math, you know, right? Mix of it or a great consistency? Because you need a lot of different stuff if you want to really get peak, peak performance, right? So do you rotate between them? Do you, you know, all kinds of decisions around that. And once we decided that we wanted to be world-class, that signed us up for a ton of work. That signed us up for a ton of iteration, It was taking me nine hours at first to script and record one hour of audio that I still didn't even love, that I'd give myself a C minus on, but I didn't hate, right? I've got pretty high standards. So I want to get that across to you. And then I dove into all the different technology, all the research, all the papers. I did get team members that are experienced. Like I'm not going to try to become an ACE audio editor. Like that's no, not no time CEO, lots of stuff to do. Not my jam anyways. I actually don't dislike it, by the way. People, some people complain about it. I think audio editing is actually really cool, uh, but you know, limited time in the day. So that was kind of the process. I just did a ton of research. I checked out literally everything uh, and thought about it, Shakespeare style. Like, why is this good? Why is Ira Glass good? Why is Joe Rogan good? Joe Rogan, by the way, is good because he's sneaky smart. That guy is like super smart. But he's like laid back. He just seems like this like laid back guy. But he's like crazy smart. But he's like, he's not strutting it. He's not, you know, he's not, he's whatever the opposite of pretentious is. That's him. He's grounded. He's real kind of like blue collar, hard hat. Yeah. Hey man, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you listen to the episode with Naval or anyone, right? But that was one I did recently. And, you know, he's listening to Naval talk about AI and cells and cellular biology and stuff. And Naval's obviously crazy smart. And, you know, Rogan's listening and he's like, uh-huh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay, so AI is not going to be able to replicate a human brain because, you know, okay, the, we can't replicate the blah, 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 of the cell, blah, 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 blah. And, like, Rogan listens to, like, like really a couple of minutes of Naval making super technical points. And he asks one simple question. But you wouldn't need to simulate all of a cell, would you? <laughs> it's like, that guy is sneaky smart, right? And super cool. And he's got a great radio voice and great timing and he gets great guests. He must prepare them super well. I don't know how he does it. I got to figure it out. We got to get into that and figure it out, right? But that's what I'm doing is I'm checking everything out, getting super smart about it, repeatedly trying and testing different things conceptually, throwing away a lot of bad drafts, even the shows you're listening to, 
right? Like if you're listening to this one, it, it made it from the cut floor, right? Because let's, let's just see how a riffing show that's not tightly scripted. This is loosely scripted, but but it's not tightly scripted at all with references and citations and quotes, or whatever. I had my Shakespeare to start us off and then I got some bullet points to hit, right? I'm kind of just riffing through them, right? So we'll see if people like this one or not. And if you're listening to it, we thought it was good enough to put out, right? But is this an A plus show? No. Does this potentially have something useful around the creative process? Yes. What is that? Uh, if you're just starting out, maybe don't go for the perfection thing, just get reps. But if you're established and you want perfection, thought it'd be useful to hear how we're going about that what the different parallel paths are, how many hours go into it a lot, then the logical objection or question is like, how do you do that and not do a bad job at all your other work? And first off, yeah, some things are suffering trade-offs, right? But I also work 84 hours a week or whatever, like focused work. I track my time. So, you know, that gives me 30 hours to mess around on this and 50 hours to do the rest of my work. So yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. So we're going to be trying different formats. Uh, we're going to look for what works. Feedback is of course always very welcome, but I wanted to kind of open this insight because this kind of nexus, I st- we still haven't figured it out. And that's why I want to do this. We've like somewhere between 40 and 60% figured it out, which means there's a lot more to figure out and to get dialed in on. And then there's all the execution, right? But I thought it'd be useful for you to get to hear kind of just how it goes, kind of how the mental orientation goes. This isn't like, you know, wake up, do one push up, and then make your bed and you're on the, like, um, yeah, okay, I mean, do that, great. But like, this is kind of what it's actually like. And the minute you say, okay, we wanna be the best in the world, you just signed yourself up for a lot of work. So don't do that casually, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just reps is correct, right? And I've been on a bunch of podcasts that went well, a lot of times people would say, hey, like Marshall's uh, episode on whatever was really, really good, you gotta go listen to it. So it's like, okay, right? You know, like I, I thought we had a chance to be really good at this, right? So I signed up to be the very best in the world, um, trying trying to bring you the very best, you know, trying to bring you something unique and special, something that's potentially a bit of a life changer, game changer at various times. Um, not every show, right? Cause different people, but trying to make every show some of that for somebody. Right. And I thought it'd be useful to kind of open up on the process, the thinking a little more informal, a little more ad hoc. So next time you decide to go do a project, you want to take to exceptional. And again, if you're young, just go get reps. Just, just trust me, you're way more in risk of not doing enough reps than you are of not claiming enough ground or whatever when you, when you do do reps. But, you know, once you're a little more established and you think, okay, you know, I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 45, whatever, and I want to do something special. I want to go into a new field of law. I want to do something really cool in science. You know, I want to do, I want my business's next product to be really special. Once you sign up for really special, you're doing a lot of work. And then I like to direct my attention to everything I think is good and say, why is this great? And like, it's hard to say, why is Rogan so good? He's good. Why? Why is hardcore history good? Like, again, okay, tone, tons of research, hard work, super captivating stories, makes it relatable, makes it understandable. Why is it great? So, you know, you just, that question, so informative when you want to level up. And even if you don't want to be the best in the world, if you just want to be merely very, very good, why is this great? So you pay attention to things. You ask, why is this great? And then practice a lot, study everything, neglect nothing. You know, looking at the Andreessen Horowitz report is what I was looking at to get stats on the podcasting plus 10, 20 other reports and blogs and stuff. Checking out every piece of technology people might be listening on, trying to understand all of the demographics of who might be listening and who we could really deliver to, trying to figure out how people are going to be doing this in a year or two because it's going to be different. When this stuff gets more tightly integrated, this is happening, podcasting is happening. As this gets more tightly integrated, what's it going to look like on the web? What's it going to look like on applications? What's it going to look like in how it interfaces with somebody's car? What's this going to look like on airplanes, right? You know, like it's going to change. 
it's going to change. Like how? And it's like, and when, right? They'll be streaming podcasts on airplanes sooner or later. They'll have a bank of podcasts on the airplane to listen to. But what year? 2020? 2021? 2029? 2029 is like, screw it. I got things to do. I ain't waiting a decade. I'm not optimizing for a decade from now. 2021 is like, hmm, hmm, hmm. How do we be on British Airways? You know, you're listening to ultra working on British Airways. You know, all right. Um, That's what we're thinking about. So that's a creative process. Um, No, that's the first third of the creative process. We got a long way to go, but I hope that's useful. As always, I greatly appreciate you spending some time with me today. I wish you good luck and Godspeed in all your creative projects. And now bear with me. My heart is in the coffin there with Caesar and I must pause till it come back to me.